Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. And we're talking about something that I actually think is really important and we don't talk about enough. It's the idea of forgiveness. What is it? How does it work? What's required? Um, I think it comes up a lot in our offices without being labeled that way. Maybe it's the opposite label, which is resentment. We talk about that a little bit. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I got my swim in today. Nice. Uh, what else are you doing? What's happening? I'm in the process of making arrangements for a puppy. I'm going to see a woman about a puppy. <laughs> I already uh, told you about that, right? I don't know. A new puppy? A new dog? Mm-hmm. A brand new one. Yeah, we've already mm-hmm. talked about this, but okay. it's actually becoming, it's becoming real because now I'm in communication and putting money toward it and blah, blah, blah. That's, yeah. that's kind of exciting. Yeah. I mean, as much as I can get excited about a dog. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with the dog. Like I have to be a responsible human. It's really funny. I'm trying to make plans. I, I don't understand why people voluntarily make their lives harder. Well, that... A hundred percent. I am fully on board. That is why I had one child because I realized mm-hmm. that there was a tipping point of enjoyment and satisfaction where mm-hmm. like I kind of figured after one, it gets exponentially more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to have one. But I don't know. We've been watching. You know what it is? It's Instagram. Instagram has forced me to get a second puppy because they're so cute. And now they're putting these little voices. I guess that's what is it? Reels? TikTok videos, they're putting these little human voices where it's like, my mom says I'm a puppy. I identify as a puppy, but I'm just a baby. It's so cute. I can't handle it. So last night um, before bed, we sat around and we watched these little puppy wiener dogs. um, And it just, uh, I'm all in. They got me. They got me. Yeah. Well, I'm a good dog mom, though. That's all I have to say, regardless yeah. of the fact that my dog had to have his stitches removed yesterday for being attacked by a coyote. But that wasn't my fault. Yeah. How you doing this morning, Mr. Orange? Was that an intentional sweatshirt choice? Yeah, you bet. You bet. I don't know. if I, I can't remember what we've actually published and what we haven't. We recorded right? that last one like four times and then all my good <laughs> stories went away. But I'm pretty well, let's just assume that people know why you wear an orange sweatshirt. I bought an orange sweatshirt, just in case you don't know. I bought an orange sweatshirt. I love hearing you say orange, by the way. <laughs> Your Virginia I, accent comes out. Because I always wear blues and grays and blacks. And yeah. and then sometimes I get sad and I decided if I'm going to be sad, I might as well put on a bright colored shirt. So it's not, it's, it's kind of cheating because it's like a burnt orange, but it's, yeah. it's the brightest thing I own. My buddy Tom um, walked out the door the other day and everything he owned, including like his watch band, his like phone cover, his tennis shoes, his shorts, his shirt, everything was orange. 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 Yes. Here's a trivia question. True or false? Okay. The color orange was named after the fruit. Yes. True. That's true. Okay. How do you know that? I don't know. I was, I was the host of a, of a of a party last week. It was like a, an adult 
kind of American Ninja Warrior party thing. I gotta get pool. you a zip fizz or something, and you you're talking real <laughs> slow this morning. <laughs> no, I'm trying go. to think of trying to think of the important part of the story. The the important part of the story is that part of the contest was trivia, and it, and mm-hmm. it was one of the trivia questions. Okay, well, I am one for one batting. A Did thousand. you also know this? This is a true story too. Oh, orange. Mm-hmm. There is no word in the English language that rhymes with orange. Okay. Yeah. I'm not even going to give it a, a thought. You're not even going to doubt me. Yeah. That's a fun, fun thing. Do you do Wordle? Yeah. I feel like you'd be yes. very good at Wordle. Yeah, I do the Wordle. Okay. Um, so in uh, fact, me and my, and our mutual friend and a whole bunch of people, we play Wordle golf. Okay. Um, so we pick, we start, we start, we pick a day to start and then mm-hmm. we play 18 days in a row. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. And whoever has the lowest score. Yeah. Pars four. Oh, okay. That's kind of high. Like most of the people in my family get it done in three. Yeah. They're they're birdie. They're good golfers. Okay. Um, And if you don't get it at all, you get a seven. And if you don't report report your score, you get an eight. Okay. So at the end, somebody's the winner. And then for like three weeks, we move up and down the leaderboard. We watch you have to move up and down the leaderboard as we... I'm going to introduce this to my family because we have something called sports. I'll send you my scorecard. Oh, okay. I have an actual spreadsheet with a sport. Like it's like it tracks the score and it does everything. Yeah. See, you're you're welcome to it. You minimize the effort in certain areas of your life, and then you maximize effort in others. It's true. A lot of work right there. Yeah. Well, sort of. Some of that work is very energizing for me, and it makes me feel. But then other places, I just I'm like, nope. Hmm. I had a big birthday party last night and I had no jobs and I did zero jobs. You had no jobs and you did zero jobs and That's that exactly. was energizing for you to do no, nothing? No, that was like where, that was just where I didn't, I didn't do the energizing thing. I just did the, okay, mm-hmm. I have no jobs here. So I don't have any need to overcompensate or overfunction. Hmm. Okay. But when I'm in charge of like the American Ninja Warrior Party at my pool, yeah, <sighs> crush it. Oh, or you're on off, it. I'm on it. Yeah. I have to tell you, I had a moment of <clears throat> acknowledging. I got the Wordle in two the other day. Well, this was, this was, this never happened to me. I did the first word. Is that an word. eagle? That's an eagle, right? That's an eagle. I did the yeah. first word and I got zero colors. It was, I got zero letters. Completely okay. wrong. Uh-huh. The second word, 100% smashed right. It. You Boom. smashed it. Mm-hmm. Um, are you like other people? Gosh, we're spending way too much time on Wordle, but um, where you start with the same word every time. I do. That's, start with the okay. same two words every time. Okay. So I think that that's the strategy that my, I was going to say uncle that's because he's so old. It's Ryan's oldest brother. <laughs> um, it, he starts with the same word every time. I don't remember what the word is. I'm not going to tell you because I'm sure he would be kind of like bummed out. But yeah, it starts with a vowel because I think that the okay. strategy of starting with a vowel is good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. My first two words have 10 different letters. What? My first two words have 10 different letters. But isn't Wordle only five word, five letter words? Yes. Your first two. Let's do math. We got this. You can do it. Words are 10 letters. 10 total. different letters. 10 different ten letters total. Different total. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Hey, is there something you want to talk about with marriage related to like marriage advice? Yeah. I sent you a list yesterday. I got a whole bunch of lists. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, Nothing I'm really interested. jumped out at me. I have to be honest. Okay. Well, I'd like to talk about forgiveness. Okay. Are you um, doing any of that these days? Why is that top of mind? <laughs> <laughs> you have anything to forgive me for? Forgive no, your wife not you. For? Forgive. No, Please. dude, I'm, I'm really actually really confused about, about some of this, but I, there's a speech that I give to clients a lot when we, when we get into this space and I don't know, I'm interested in what you think about it and maybe what, what our listeners think about it because you're going to give the speech. 
No, I'm going to ask the question anyway, because here's what happens. We'll, we'll start talking about something and we'll surface resentment, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or we'll surface, um, that I just can't get over this thing or I'm right. still mad at you. Right. Yeah. That was the thing yesterday. This guy says, I'm still mad at you mm-hmm. about what I'm about that. We had a baby. It was oh, a year and a half nuts. ago, oh, you know, man. and that my career, that your career is doing great. My career is not doing that great. And this is not what I signed up for, blah, 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 blah. And I was sort of like, okay, so what? This is one question that I ask a lot. Like, I don't mean like, so what? I'm mad. So what? But so what do you want to do with that information? What do you want to do with that knowledge? What do you want to do with, or what do you want your partner to do with that information, that knowledge mm-hmm. that I'm mad at you? Mm-hmm. This is the male partner. Is that right? Yeah. He was the one who said it to her. Okay. Um, and, but it just made me kind of go, okay, okay, cool. That's actually really helpful information. I'm really glad about that. Like you're allowed to be angry and thank you for surfacing that. And totally. she held her own. She was, she's mad too about some stuff, whatever. But then we got into this conversation about forgiveness and I asked this question. I'm interested in your answer. I said, as far as you know, do you have a philosophy of forgiveness? Ooh. Man. What is it? I, I love actually talking about stuff on a philosophical level first, mm-hmm. because I think it loosens up the conversation when you make it personal. Well, I very, I very clearly didn't say, what's it going to take for you to forgive? Totally. Too fast. I just was too like, soon. Well, I was just like, as far as you know, cause you might not know. Right. And then I always sort of say this, I grew up as a Christian and, um, that is kind of probably where I formed my philosophy of forgiveness. And it's something like, we should forgive other people because Christ forgave all our sins when he died on the cross. Like there's something Mm -hmm. like that's kind of like a philosophy of forgiveness that's attached to a very specific faith expression that we can all kind of go, Oh yeah, I recognize that philosophy. I understand what that is. I don't know if I still sort of, actually I know that I don't still buy that specific philosophy specifically, but it is a philosophy in that. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I'm wondering if you know, like, do you know, and you out there in marriage therapy radio land, do you do you think, think about it just for a second. Yeah. Do, 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 That's do, not helping. Do, do, nope. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was starting to think about all the different types of philosophies and it's interesting because I think organized religion is a really sort of introductory way of having that conversation or, sure. you know, having your parents model what, That's where we learned about ethics and morality. However, I will say that parents suck when it comes to saying one thing and modeling another when it comes to forgiveness. I really do. So I think that's a really hard thing to say. Like, yeah, I grew up with this philosophy, this overarching belief system that came from, let's say, Christianity. And Mm -hmm. I will say I also grew up Christian pastor's kid. It was like kind of ingrained in me. But the idea in uh, sort of the non-denominational church that I grew up with was you do nothing and you're forgiven. Like you don't have to atone. Mm. You don't have to say 10 Hail Marys. You don't have Mm -hmm. to do anything. You are forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily my belief system. Well, yeah, I think it's, I think it's worth, here's another one. This is actually tucked into the Bible and I don't exactly remember where it was. I I can find it if I need to, but it's the, there's this portion in the new Testament where the, uh, the scripture says, it, it, you know, if your brother sins against you, go, go, uh, before you provide your offering, right. Before you come to the church, if your brother sins, sins against you, go and confront him basically. And then the, this, this, the line is next one is if he repents, then you forgive him. Mm. So it begs this question, which is when it comes to forgiveness, do you need an apology? Mm-hmm. 
do you need, like if someone harms you in the relationship, yeah. this guy says, I'm mad at you that we had a baby. Right. Does he need an apology or a measure of repentance in order to access this thing called forgiveness? Yeah. I think that's an interesting question because, you know, what is it that we are hunting or chasing when we confront some of our own bitterness and our own anger? Mm-hmm. Um, is the other person, can the, can the other person do anything about that? Totally. You know, I really have leaned a lot on Harriet Lerner's work when it comes to forgiveness. I think she does a phenomenal podcast. So I'll kind of give you, I'll tee that up at the end. I'll make myself a little note. So I remember in the outro, but one of the things that I like that she says is, and I think we've harped on this a lot is there's going to be a lot of things when you are coming to someone, you say, I have resentment, I have pain. I have all these things that I want to talk to you about. And the only way I can forgive you, the only way I can move on and not harbor this resentment is if you apologize. I think that is a losing proposition. I think well, that it is definitely, a really... I mean, it definitely, if it, if it begins to become your philosophy of forgiveness, it definitely diminishes your power. Totally. Because right? if I'm dependent you upon be, your apology, yeah, you have to be willing to be like, okay, then I guess I'm just going to harbor this resentment and it's going to weigh me down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's interesting because I have always kind of had the idea of resentment is a choice and it's a burden that you take on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have the ability to take a look at our resentment and choose whether or not we want to carry that with us. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to carry it with you, cool, then you can hold on to the need for an apology. But if you're saying, I don't need to carry this, then I think what you're asking for is acknowledgement or even someone to listen to your pain. That's Mm -hmm. what I think of forgiveness conversation. This is your personal philosophy. Have we found your personal philosophy yet? I don't know. I think think we're we're starting to land on it. Yeah. But I mean, going back to that Bible story that you're talking about. Can I, let me just do this real quick because Uh somebody out there is going to proof text me and tell me the Bible doesn't say that. So I just Googled it real quick. Oh, okay. Good. Um, It's Luke 17, three to four. It says, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. That's the thing I'm talking about. So uh-huh. I'm not making it up. Okay. And I'm <laughs> Just, saying if they repent and the repentance that I'm saying is the repentance is acknowledgement uh, that my actions impacted you mm-hmm. and or hearing your pain and being present to recognize that there's two to this, two to this interaction. Something mm-hmm. happened between the two of us. I recognize you're in pain And you need to release this in some sort of way. I had a really interesting conversation. I'm going to sidebar this for a second. Okay. I got a phone call from a girlfriend. Haven't talked to her in hmm, maybe two years. And we don't have a long lasting relationship, but she said, I really need to talk to you about something. Do you have time? I went, holy crap, what's going on? Mm. Figuring she was going to say, something's going on with my relationship and I just really need to bounce some Mm -hmm. ideas. She said, do you remember when I moved and I sold you that bouncy house and I charged you like $250 for it? I really mm-hmm. feel bad about that. And I've been thinking about it and I've thought about it probably about 15 times in the last two years. And I really needed to talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. And here I am going, of course you, you know, sold this to me, but I had to pause and I wanted to disregard it. Right. I wanted to be like, Oh, it's no big deal. But I recognized Mm -hmm. that she was in pain and she was looking for something in me from me in order to be able to release something in her. And Mm -hmm. I said, Hey, I recognize that this is something that's really important to you. And I want to let you know, I hear you. And I understand like how that's been really weighing on you. And I just wanted to let you know that I 
think it's important to pay for things that, you know, are in exchange. Mm -hmm. And I said, I will turn around and sell this to another human being just so you know, I'm going to get my money's worth. And I, but I recognized in that moment, there's a reason why she's coming to me Mm -hmm. and she is looking for something, some kind of forgiveness or whatever. And I just took a moment and I was like, even though I don't feel a certain way about this, I have no Mm -hmm. energy. I want to give you what you need, which is listening to you or acknowledging your situation, your pain, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's benign situation, right? Well, I mean, maybe it's helping form your philosophy. Like I think part of it is Hmm. you found, you found forgiveness although you didn't really need to pretty easily, pretty readily in that situation. Like someone harmed you. It was a big deal to them and you didn't actually experience it as harm, Mm -mm. but you were willing to say, Hey, listen, I understand that there's a lot going on here and there's stuff and I can give you what you need without it necessarily even costing you anything. Yeah. Right. I mean the, um, okay. So hold on. I just want to say, had I heard her and just sort of disregarded, man, it's not that big of a deal. It's no problem. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Right. Which is what I probably normally would. Mm-hmm. I had enough in the tank at that moment to recognize what she needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. But had I disregarded her and not heard her pain or acknowledged her, what she was going through that she had thought about this 15 times. Clearly it was, you know, I keep mm-hmm. using this metaphor. It was a rock in her backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably wouldn't have gone away. But I wanted it to go away for her. I wanted her to be able to release that resentment for herself. It wasn't resentment for me. It was pain within herself of a choice that she had made. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. yeah, totally. And I think, you know, again, if we go back just even to this, this piece of theology, like I think there's something about if someone does come to you and offer repentance or a confession, yeah, forgive them. Let's that, if we put that in clinical language, it'd be, um, the allowing repair attempts, right? L- allowing right. repair attempts right. to be successful. Um, but I'm just wondering again, sort of if you're in your own personal philosophy, it doesn't sound like for you or me, maybe that the, this idea of a confession or repentance is required. The, the thing about resentment, have you ever heard this idea, which is resentment or anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, that's the thing I'm wondering about. Cause here's this guy and he's in, he's in my office and he's like, I'm really angry at you. And I'm like, okay, but, but for having a baby, I mean, mm-hmm. I do understand that it made life harder. Just like you were describing, we were describing a little bit earlier with babies and dogs. It makes it, it knocks you off your path maybe. Um, but now what do we do with this anger? And then, you know, I asked him this other question, which is, you know, are you angry at yourself? He's like, oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like he's not just mm-hmm. strictly mm-hmm. pointing it outward, but he's got this thing. And I was like, I don't like, I don't know how to help. I mean, I, I, I have an idea. Um, so this is why I was sort of wondering, like, what, where does this conversation go? Because sometimes, um, sometimes we have to choose what we're going to do about this stuff in that, in the AA tradition, one that I've been learning about a little bit, the idea of resentment is, is actually at the heart of it. And part of the workaround, if you want to call it that, but part of the steps, I guess, is in, in making amends, most often what you're making amends for is your resentment yeah, and your part of whatever it is that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it could be that the time that you sort of embarrassingly, you know, threw all their clothes out the window at a party or something like that could be the thing that you're apologizing for, which yeah. I've never done. Thank you very much. You're grinning. You're like, tell me that story about how you, no, I, I a hundred percent actually have a personal story that <laughs> yeah. I just was reminded of, which is pretty good. Can I, but, do, can I do, I'll, can I derail? Yeah, let me just second? finish this thought, okay, which okay. is that, um, <laughs> part of the way you access resentment 
or forgiveness for the resentment that you have is to own your own part and just Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, I'm, I am empowered by my awareness of my role in Mm -hmm. this thing that hurt, hurt us or that hurt you. Um, or that caused the the return hurt to me, Mm. you know? And yeah, I'm dealing with that right now where I feel Mm. wounded by a friend. Um, and we're in a stalemate and it's not changing. And I finally was just like, fine, I will. Sorry. That's the wrong way. That sounds the wrong way. I finally tapped into like, maybe I need to go first here. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you know how it plays out, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply curious about my friend's philosophy of forgiveness, to be honest. So oh, maybe that's a really good question to start off with. A um, couple of things piqued my interest. You said, maybe I'll go first. And, um, well, yeah, I did. I did go first. So I think that that's, a and fun, I'm in that way. I'm in that challenge. wasteland right now between having like gone having, first and waiting uh-huh, for the response. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's all right. You're processing this. I don't in mind. Real time. I have a clear head. I have a clear With head and a clear our heart. 14 billion listeners. Full heart, clear, clear heart, yeah. clear eyes, clear you eyes, full I'm, hearts can't lose. Yeah. I know that's Friday Night Lights. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah. Very good. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, you know what? It was the um, 35 year old male playing a 17 year old actor that, that I felt helps. okay to watch. Yeah. Um, so you said go first. And I think that this is kind of an interesting challenge. My husband's always the first to go when it comes to repairing. He's always Mm -hmm. the first. Actually, Mm -hmm. I would say it's getting better, but in the history of our 20 years together, it had, oh man, it's 20. Can't be 20. It's probably 16. 16 sounds better. Uh, He's always the first one to come back and say, hey, what's going on? Something happened. Mm -hmm. We we need to repair this, whatever it might be. But it might be an interesting challenge to our listeners since you're modeling this, that what's the harm in going first? The harm Mm -hmm. is that maybe you put yourself out there, but my guess is you're going to move the needle a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently when you acknowledge that something's going on, that you may have that contributed. Well, Mm -hmm. you most certainly have contributed to an interaction that probably didn't go well and you were Mm -hmm. hurt and wounded in. But you know what? Your partner was probably hurt and wounded in that as well. Totally. And I think like, does it matter? That's the part that I'm trying to wrap my head around is does it matter if you are hurt? Um, do you, we really have, and listen, I'm not talking about, I, I think I'm talking about most of the day-to-day stuff. Maybe I'm not talking about the big rocks in your backpack, the big ones. Okay. Uh, maybe I am. I don't know. I think though, like, is there a, when, when there's been an affair and, and people come into my office and, and the, the affair gets revealed um, or the affair has just recently been revealed and they're looking for recovery process. One thing that I always, always, always 100% of the time say I have never, ever, ever, ever seen a relationship recover when, let's say in this case, she, the hurt partner, she doesn't say, I know I have a part of this too. Mm-hmm. I know I have a role. I don't know what it is. It's not my fault. I'm not responsible for your choices. That's not what right. I'm saying. Right. But I'm saying, I know that I have a part of being in a relationship where mm-hmm. whatever was happening caused a rift to form. And then we went down the slippery slope. Like, you have to have at least a portion of it mm-hmm. in order to create the opportunity for holistic repair. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, maybe I'm working out my own philosophy of forgiveness right now because I think there's a part of it that says maybe I have to go first or maybe I have to own a bigger part than I imagine I want to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, remember how I told you, I'd tell you a little story about yeah, you said throwing, throwing the clothes out on the lawn. Yeah. yeah. 
um, in college, I have, I had a girlfriend who would make a habit of going to house parties. Mm -hmm. Um, and while everybody was downstairs in the living room, in the kitchen and whatever, body on body on body, like doing their thing in the house party, she would find herself in the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. She would go into the closets and she would pull every article of clothing off of the hangers. (laughs) Can you imagine waking up in the morning and just being like, son of a gun, like nobody (laughs) likes to do like fold or put away clothes or any of that. And like you go into your closet after your house has been demolished downstairs (laughs) by people at a house party and all of the clothes in your closet are on the floor. That would really tick me off. But she (laughs) thought it was very funny. And I'll be honest, I thought it was funny at the time too. Yeah. I work, my workaround with that is that I only wear the same like four outfits. And so I just never hang anything up. It's always just on the floor. It's on your side of the bed it's that has been allocated by yep. your wife as the no touch zone, no totally. care zone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. I'm going to let you know sort of a, if you found this interesting thinking about forgiveness, I like the idea first of thinking about your own personal philosophy. Where did you, mm-hmm. where did it come from? Does your philosophy need editing? Are you living out your philosophy? Because yeah, do you know what it is? I mean, you might not even. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. People are mostly like, well, I don't think so. I don't know. But you do have a philosophy. Um, I think it's a great car conversation. Or I'm getting on an airplane in about four hours. Maybe I'll just turn to the person next to me and be like, hey, let's talk about our philosophy of forgiveness. Where did (laughs) it come from? Yeah. Or you can just ask her, how old is Whitney? How old? So how old is Whitney? So that I think got scratched, which is a bummer because... I told you about my Whitney and I think it's mm-hmm. fabulous, but my yeah. Whitney is 38 years old and yeah. is, um, making money wearing wigs and dancing from, yeah. anyway. And your Whitney's a boy. My Whitney is a boy. That yeah. is his stage name. I, uh, yeah, my Whitney is 34, which is really, really weird because the only Whitney I know is 15. But when I think of Whitney and how old is Whitney, I think right. of a 34 year old woman. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and she uh, has brown hair. Did I tell your <laughs> Whitney has brown hair? Yeah. It's, uh, it's so, so weird because I mean, again, if you're out there in marriage therapy radio land and you haven't, we, we didn't do this before. This is uh, one of my new party questions because I've had, I had a, I was at a party and I had this conversation for maybe 20 minutes with four people. Um, because after we did Whitney, we were like, well, how old is Louise? Mm-hmm. You know, and Louise is like 85, oh, you know? Yeah. And then uh, in my mind, I was like, then we're like, how old is Victor? And so it was like, well, it depends if you're in Russia, Victor is six and 16 and 26 and 36, you know, like, and they're all in the same family. And we totally had this whole conversation for like the longest time. It was so Mm -hmm. fascinating. And we talked about our different Whitney's and we talked about our different Victor's that we knew Mm -hmm. in our life. And so I don't know, I'm always a fan of like generating conversation that, uh, that moves the needle. Um, so anyway, on your airplane. Yeah. On the airplane. We do have a very attractive Beverly. We kind of had this conversation where I was at a friend's house. Beverly. Getting yeah, ready Beverly's to like 70. Yeah. So Beverly came in. She was the the nanny that was coming in to take care of our kids while we went out for dinner, this like group dinner. Yeah, yeah. And Beverly walks in the door and um, I was like, well, hello, Beverly. You're a 22 year old college student yeah, and yeah. your midriff is showing Beverly. Yeah, yeah. Not what I expected. Yeah. Um, I have one more uh, forgiveness notion that this is my favorite. I, okay. I think this is this is my philosophy of forgiveness. Um, actually though, it's grown today in this conversation. So thank you for that. You're so, but, um, this is one that I heard. I don't remember where, where, where I heard this, but it's one that I have, uh, circled back to a lot. Forgiveness is giving up hope for a different past. Ooh, Ooh, 
right? You, you wanted to be on the Instagram with that one this week, didn't you? I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's not mine, so I can't quite claim it, oh, but it is not. the way that I think about things, which is, you know, we, we have all of these stories about pain or harm mm -hmm. or challenge and, you know, that can be the story or overcoming the pain and the harm and the challenge can be the story. Re responding mm -hmm. to the pain and the harm and the challenge can be the story. Forgiving the pain and the harm and the challenge can be the story. I just feel like I want to be a part of the better story. And sometimes that means I have to give up hope for a different past. Like, do I wish things had been different? Sure. Absolutely. Do I wish that you didn't harm me in this way? Yes. A hundred percent. But do I hope for, is there anything I can do to, to make that happen? Well, no, the only thing I can do to make that happen is change the present. Mm -hmm. And this is what I mean by that, which is you've heard me say before, if you watch every single movie you've ever watched and then you turn it off 10 minutes before the movie is over, mm -hmm. it means something it, that that movie has a meaning, but the last 10 minutes changes the meaning of the first 90%. Okay. It changes it. It goes, Oh, all of this stuff that we did, all of this trauma, it was worth it. Or, oh, love did win in the end. Or, oh, look, there's a, there is a sneaky surprise hero that comes that we thought was dead that has come back. And it changes, it changes the tragedy. Mm. It changes the stress and strain. And so I'm, that's kind of where I think I'm trying to live right now is in the last 10 minutes of, of all these stories so that we can pivot them and change them into something that's more beautiful and more hopeful. So um, I don't know, again, I don't know if any of that has been encouraging to people out there, but that yeah. is where my head's at right now when I'm thinking about my clients and thinking about myself and thinking about Laura and mm -hmm. I don't know, just a lot of that is, is bubbling around. So mm -hmm. interesting to know what you think. Yeah. And that I think I'm always, whenever I'm listening to this, I'm like, what are some action items or things other than like, what's your personal philosophy? But the other piece is, I think, which I, I think you should you. write down. That's a good one. Yeah. And I think people, Oh, think about that. Okay, fine. Prove it. Right. Write it write down. Write it down. Spend write some, some time. Sentences down. Spend some time. Yeah. You know, go catalog it a little bit, do a little bit of an inventory. Yeah. But I think I might have told you I had a new clients that came in to see me and uh, a lot of what they were looking at doing was kind of writing the wrongs of the past mm -hmm. and basically saying, Hey, here's our relationship. It's not bad, but I want to let you know, like we definitely have backpack full, um, mm -hmm. backpack, backpack, <laughs> full of I always say, I wrote about, I wrote a song about hurts. a backpack. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Uh, um, I will yeah. send you the adult version, by the way, I was, I, I heard the adult version of backpack backpack mm. and it has curse words and it's got like a good drop to the beat mm, and, um, I'll send it to you cause it's pretty special. Okay. All right. Hey, let's land this plane. Cause I yeah. gotta go hop on another plane and I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I mentioned that I'm a huge fan of Harriet Lerner's work. So Dr. Harriet Lerner wrote a book, Why Won't You Apologize? She also did a podcast. It's a two-part series and it's with Brene Brown. So if you are interested in hearing more about her philosophy of apologizing and forgiveness, check that out. It's called I'm Sorry, How to Apologize and Why It Matters, part one and part two. I think she also talks a lot about defensiveness, which has it, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand, but wanted to give you another resource. I think this is a good episode. I'm really glad that Zach brought it up. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making a relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.